This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse 95. Big news happening right here in the UAE because now we have two universities offering master's programs and master's degree in space science as a first right here in the United Arab. Emirates. Now, this is great news for all the youth who are interested in becoming the next Hazza Al Mansouri. Lots and lots is also coming up in terms of TikTok because TikTok drama is not over yet. There's a fight happening between Oracle, which has been the newest addition to the TikTok team or the TikTok owners. Uh, on the other hand, we have ByteDance also arguing that they're not going to own as much as they think they do. So what's all that about? We're going to be giving you all those details in just a few moments. In the heart of Sharjah, though, we also have a lot of news coming up from two students from the American University of Sharjah. They have been awarded the James Dyson Award for a smart ring that they created to help those who are visually impaired. But in the world of apps, lots is happening as well because Amazon of the UAE has been rolling out an automatic delivery service for household staples. Now, this has been a feature that has been long existent in the US, but we are happy to celebrate it happening right here in the UAE. Coming up on Future Talk as well, we're going to be telling you all about seven-foot robots stacking shelves in Tokyo convenience stores. We do love our robot friends. So lots and lots is going to be coming up in just a few moments. Keep Pulse 95 locked because Future Talk has lots to offer for all of you. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world. Right here in the UAE, we are celebrating big news happening in our very own University of Sharjah because two universities in the UAE are now offering master's degrees in space science. And this is a first right here in the United Arab Emirates because more students have been wanting to build a career in space science, engineering and astronomy. And this program will be catering to all those interests. Two universities are the University of Sharjah and the UAE University in Al Ain. They are both welcoming their first batch of students for the courses that they are offering in space science this academic year. Now, the Middle East has been slowly becoming a, a very much of a thriving space industry and it's inspiring a lot of young people to follow a career path in disciplines like space science, engineering and astronomy. And we all know the well-known question of what do you want to be when you grow up and even though very few would be saying astronauts now this has become a dream that could be a reality the university of sharjah actually started its master's program in astronomy and space science with six students registered so far but many more are expected to join uh, the university of sharjah has about 95 students enrolled in undergraduate and postgraduate courses that 
all offer a career option in space science like applied physics, remote sensing, and petroleum geophysics. But we should not forget that the UAE space program is still very young. And for one, for a program that is this young, it's quite phenomenal to see how far we have come. So the space program actually started back in 2014, uh, the minute the UAE Space Agency was created. And compared to other international space agencies, that date uh, goes back to the mid-20th century. So the UAE has definitely crossed a tremendous step in just a few years. And back in 2018, we were celebrating the launch of the first Emirati-built satellite, which was the Khalifa Sat. And we're currently in 2020 working on the other two that will be joining the Khalifa Sat. Major uh, Hazza al-Mansouri, along with Sultan al-Niyadi, have also uh, launched into space back in 2019. And this summer, we celebrated the launch of the Mars Hope Probe. So this only it only makes sense that a number of students are now looking to pursue space-related degrees and many universities are offering that option as space sector uh, matures. Now, the Sharjah Academic of uh, Astronomy, Space Sciences and Technology is admitting about 20 interns from the university every single semester to work across its five laboratories. And that includes different applications in cube satellites, in space weather and radio astronomy. But it's not the only um, it's not only those who are interested in space science and those who have degrees in space science that can build a career path in space because engineering degrees are also wanted and they also help. The biggest example on that is the head of the UAE Space Agency and the Emirates Mars mission, who is Sara Al-Amri. Uh, she actually has a degree in engineering. She graduated from the American University of Sharjah with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in computer engineering. But she was actually able to start her career at the Department of Research and Development at the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center, where she was working as a program engineer on Dubai Sat-1 and Sat-2, which are are known to be the UAE's first satellites. So even though she didn't actually have a major in space science, she had an engineering, this definitely came in handy. And all this goes to say that for you to be interested in space, you don't necessarily need to have a degree in space science. So great accomplishment happening right here in the UAE. And we are definitely going to keep you updated as more universities start to incorporate the studies of space and science into their programs. But let's on let's move on to talk a little bit about Oracle and TikTok. I wish TikTok drama was over, but sadly it is not. We've definitely been seeing a lot of social media posts uh, that are very controversial. Some of them are saying that Oracle has the big bite out of the TikTok cake. But on the other hand, the parent company of TikTok, ByteDance, has been saying that this is just merely an illusion that they actually have 80% of TikTok's investments. Now, even though Oracle did announce uh, that alongside Walmart, they will be the new TikTok venture and they're going to be completely independent from ByteDance, this is not necessarily the truth behind it all because upon the creation of TikTok Global, Oracle and Walmart uh, were actually a part of this investment. 
President, U.S. President Donald Trump gave his blessings. However, the statement definitely differs from, from what ByteDance was actually saying. So ByteDance did come out in a report and say that Oracle and Walmart were all, will only be taking about 20% stake in the new venture of TikTok Global. And that as a parent company, ByteDance will still have control of the other 80%. So what's going on? You know, why is there so much disparity between what each sides are saying? Let me let me put it to you in very simple words. How Oracle sees the deal, uh, it sees it as, you know, as U.S. citizens and as a representative of the U.S. citizens, it will hold four of the five TikTok global board seats. So Oracle and Walmart don't really view ByteDance as an entity, as having a stake in TikTok global. Instead, they merely view ByteDance's individual shareholders as the one with the stake. However, ByteDance sees the deal as it's not really it's not really changing much because what they see is American investors taking a very small part of TikTok Global while they still own 80% of the deal. And even though Oracle, you know, is known for its cloud services and that's the main reason why ByteDance actually accepted the bid from Oracle in comparison to Microsoft, Oracle will only be able to look at TikTok's source code and it will only be able to uh, basically oversee certain processes. It's not going to be able to uh, have actual control over the app or even block any updates that seem problematic from a security standpoint. So ByteDance technically still retains control over the TikTok recommendation algorithm, which basically means that ByteDance gets to decide which videos it will recommend next to all of the U.S. citizens. And this is the main reason behind TikTok's popularity in the U.S. According to people who are familiar with the matter, Oracle's role in the deal is primarily focused on providing cloud and security services, and that's where the story ends. Now, the Chinese government will still have to approve the deal thanks to the country's update to its technology export bans. That would require ByteDance to actually obtain a license from China before it can go ahead and sell TikTok's algorithms and AI technology to a U.S. company. However, we do expect China to actually approve of it because the way they have changed up their tech export rules do show that the deal will be able to carry through. Lots of drama happening between TikTok and Oracle. It's definitely been going on for the for a very good while. It's about a month and a half now, and we do see Donald Trump giving his blessings. But how much control will Oracle and Walmart actually have on all of this? We only have time to tell. Let us know your thoughts. Send in your DMs at Pulse95 Radio or text in at 4215 do or it a lot because we definitely want to know your thoughts about the whole TikTok Oracle drama, but also. Are you interested in studying space science and would you consider uh, getting your master's degree at one of the universities who are offering degrees in space science as a first right here in the UAE? Coming up on Future Talk, we're talking all about Charger students making headlines. They have won the James Dyson Award. What was their innovation? This is what we're going to be talking about in just a few moments. So keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Check this out. Check this out. All 95.
Today we're talking all about innovation happening right here in the heart of Sharjah because Sharjah students have been able to scoop the James Dyson Award and their invention has to do with helping out people of determination regain their sense of independence. Now, this is a story very close to my heart because those students are actually from the American University of Sharjah. They are actually two friends who will be taking on the world after winning a competition that is mainly done for student innovators. We're talking about Maryam Mustafa and Nada Al-Dash, who took home the first prize and 9,500 dirhams for their invention of a ring that helps visually impaired people decipher colors. Now, a lot of us tend to take our eyesight for granted. Many of us uh, may have met people or we may ourselves have a color blindness. And those people definitely know the value and how grateful they are for their sense of sight. But those who are completely visually impaired will definitely be benefiting from this invention. It's called touch and how touch works is quite interesting. So it will scan items like clothing or fruit or even barcodes of items at a grocery store. The minute you hold this piece of clothing against the device, it activates a color sensor that can read it and then read it back to you as a user. So you'll be able to listen to what is the color or what is the item that you are currently seeing. So this item will basically become your own pair of eyes. The piece of wearable technology can also scan labels and read them back to those who are visually impaired. What's interesting about this innovation is uh, it comes at a time when a lot of us may be looking at creating innovations to fight off COVID-19, as in disinfection or wearables to help predict those who have COVID-19. But we can't forget about people of determination because especially in these troubling times that we are living in, they would love to regain their sense of independence without having to depend on another human being as we are all trying to social distance. The Egyptians that were that actually won the, this award are both aged 23. And for those of you who don't know, the James Dyson Award is actually an international design competition that tries to inspire the next generation of engineers. And it's named after the British inventor who is best known for his vacuum cleaners. All the mothers out there will definitely relate to me on this one because Dyson vacuum cleaners are known for how phenomenal they are. Every person who's ever bought a Dyson vacuum cleaner has constantly talked about how they it made them fall in love with cleaning once again. So it's quite interesting to see this uh, award becoming uh, something that people try to achieve a similar innovation to what those vacuum cleaners were. It can be very hard for us to understand the challenges that people of determination or people with visual impairments face on a day-to-day -day basis because many simple tasks that we do, you know, going to the grocery store and picking up our very own groceries or even picking out what we want to wear the next day. These are things that we use our eyesight for, but we never really stop to take a moment and think that we are blessed to have our eyesight for. So what these two girls try to do is make simple tasks, or at least what is simple to us, become simple for those who have visual impairments. So they can rely on this wearable to be able to get their independence back. They're very proud to have won the James Dyson Award, but they are currently working on creating this tool to become commercially available for people with visual impairment. Now, 
as I mentioned, it is a smart ring. So it is a very easy wearable technology that, the, that a person with visual Im- impairment can actually put on their hand and you know carry on with their day-to-day life. But what's interesting about it is they've also had to put a lot of thinking into the design of this uh, technology because through the initial brainstorm and by having a lot of discussions with people of determination, they decided that the easiest solution was to create something that was very lightweight, something that would not look bulky to other people. Because at the end of the day, you don't want the technology to make them stand out as you try to help them to regain their sense of independence. But having uh, such a technology become uh, widely known, winning uh, such an international award, they are definitely on the list of one of the 20 strong international short list. So they're waiting to see if they have made it on there and they're going to have the announcement be done on the 15th of October before a final winner is announced on the, 6th, on the 19th of November. And this winner will actually get to go home with 150,000 dirhams and hopefully make their award widely known and make their innovation uh, become commercially available. Uh, As the UAE positions itself as the hub of innovation and ideas, we do need to recognize that we would not be able to do so without young people becoming more involved in tech and specifically in wearable tech. Round of applause goes uh, to to those two girls for uh, actually working on such an interesting piece of technology that many people may have not have thought of it before, especially in the way it's been designed. A piece of item that, you know, people wear on a day-to-day basis as an accessory. I'm currently wearing two rings right now. And if I were to be wearing those uh, touch rings, no one would know. No one around me would know at a grocery store or even at home as I'm picking out uh, my next outfit. And to have this sense of normalcy give me also a sense of independence will, will definitely be very much appreciated for those who are visually impaired. Let me know. how. What do you think of this story? And how interesting would it be to have a piece of item, you know, an accessory, become a way of life? Text in your thoughts at 4215-DO-IT-TISALAT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95Radio. But coming up, we're talking about an interesting innovation that is going to be helping out a lot of busy people. Amazon UAE is rolling out a new service and we're going to be telling you all about it. So keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? One piece of advice that my mother has always given me is to buy the things that I use frequently in bulk. So that goes for coffee, that goes for toilet paper, that even goes for water so that I never ever run out. Because let me tell you, the worst thing in the world or one of the worst things in the world is to wake up excited for that morning cup of coffee only to find out that you have run out. And let me tell you, that is a true story that happened to me this week. So shout out to my mother for her pieces of advice. I should take them more often. But with tech, you don't even have to buy things in bulk because the things in bulk will arrive to your doorstep. Today, we're talking all about Amazon right here in the UAE because they are rolling out an automatic delivery service for all of your household staples. So toilet paper, coffee, water, pet food, you name it, it will be arriving to your house door, to your doorstep in 
just one click. This news is coming as online shopping is continuing to grow and e-commerce firms are realizing how much people are depending on online shopping in the age of coronavirus. So customers can now go ahead and schedule all of their order refills at a frequency of their choice. So what I mean is you can go ahead now to Amazon.ae, look up all of your household staples and things that you never ever want to run out of and schedule a frequency for them to when you want them to be delivered. So for example, let's take tissue paper. You can go ahead and schedule that you want a delivery of tissue paper every two weeks, every three weeks. And without ever having to remember that again, after two to three weeks, it will be every two to three weeks, it will be arriving at your doorstep. So Amazon UAE has actually rolled out this service in their subscribe and save option. So this is basically an automatic delivery service for all of your household staples on demand. Now, this feature has actually been available in the US for quite some time now, ever since it was introduced back in 2007. And it was allowing all of Amazon's shoppers to go ahead and sign up for this system to refill their orders and deliveries at the frequency of their choosing. So now right here in the UAE, you can go ahead and do the same for all of your essentials at your home, things that you tend to consume regularly, things that you will always need and you'll always be buying over and over again, wipes, diapers, detergents, coffee, water, you can go ahead and schedule how frequently you want your order to be refilled. This automated service will be helping all of us same to save two things, time and money. And one of the benefits that are currently being offered with the subscription program is an upfront 10% discount on all the items that you will go ahead and order. So if you go ahead and subscribe to this service on Amazon, you will get 10% off as well as free delivery across the UAE. Now, doesn't that sound like a dream come true? Among the items that are be found in the in this program are home and personal care products, pet store items, as well as food and nutrition. And this is all going to show how much we are currently depending on e-commerce and online shopping. It's definitely been spiking more often than ever the numbers of how many people are relying on online shopping and that's all because of how much we want to social distance uh, during the age of coronavirus. I personally no longer buy clothes in store. It's mostly being done online. Um, same with groceries. A lot of people have switched to ordering things either from uh, Sharjah Co-op, which we've been seeing them also work on their very own platform and launching the WhatsApp drive through where you can go ahead and send in all of your necessities that you want to pick up through WhatsApp drive there and have just simply pick them up or you can even schedule it for delivery that's even easier um, but we've been also seeing a lot of brick and mortar retailers uh, recently report up to 500 percent increase in online sales and this is all because of how much we've switched from going to physical stores to online shopping but i want to hear from all of you have you found yourself gearing or navigating more towards buying your groceries, buying your items online rather than physically at a convenience store? Because things are reopening, restrictions have been eased, people are going back to malls, but have your trends changed ever since lockdown? Let me know your thoughts. Slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio or Texasin at 4215 Do or Ittisalat. Coming up on Future Talk, we're talking all about robots. St stacking up shelves in Tokyo convenience stores. Our theme today is all about convenience stores. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. On Future Talk, we typically talk about China whenever we're talking about robots. But now we are going to be moving on to talk about Japan. Because for those of you who don't know, Japan has the oldest population in the world. And that can cause a lot of labor shortage as time goes on. But also, in the age of coronavirus, we've definitely seen companies, convenience stores, retail stores trying to implement social distancing. So they were looking for hiring less people but still having the same amount of work done, which does seem a little bit unhuman. So let's go ahead and talk to our robot friends because increasingly many companies in Japan are turning to these robots as a solution. Most recently is a convenience store that just hired a set of robots called T-Robots to help them stack up those convenience stores. Now, Tokyo is deploying the robot named Model T, which has been developed by a Japanese startup called Teleexistence. For those of you who don't know, Teleexistence basically means having a robot exist in your place. So you could be in any part around the world and this robot would be doing the job for you and you could still control this robot through virtual reality. This robot is seven feet tall It can have a lot of jobs at once and it moves around on a wheeled platform. It's also just basically fitted with a bunch of cameras, a lot of microphones and different sensors. It has three fingers on each of its two hands so it can go ahead and stock up shelves with products like cans, rice bowls, drinks, you name it. And it's also able to grasp or pick up and place objects of several different shapes and sizes into different locations. Now, this sounds very simple to us human beings since, you know, carrying something doesn't seem like a too hard of a job. But for robots, this can actually be quite tricky because having the algorithm set up to know exactly how to pick up the item, how to place it back on the shelf without dropping it. And this goes for many fragile items at a convenience store. It can be quite tricky. So having Model T robot being able to do that quite, you know, effortlessly is interesting. This also sets apart a Model T robot from other robots that have been used in stores because earlier this year we've seen Walmart uh, implement robots that can scan different shelf inventories. Uh, They can also answer customer requests. But this robot is a little bit different because he can be controlled or it can be controlled by staff remotely. So You'll basically have a human pilot wearing a virtual reality headset and special gloves that lets them feel exactly what this robot is feeling in their own hands. So if a robot, let's say, carries a bag of rice, the human employee with his VR headset and the gloves will be able to experience that as well. These human pilots will also have different microphones and headphones that will allow them to communicate with people at the store. So this robot could pretty much be controlled from anywhere around the world and uh, they actually did a trial or a test run back in August uh, at a family store in Tokyo, a family mart store in Tokyo where the pilot was able to operate this robot from a VR terminal at the teleexistence office about five miles away and the robot was functioning just 
fine. So this actually makes recruitment a lot easier. It also gives options for hiring people overseas in places where there's much less uh, labor costs. So we've definitely been seeing robots become quite the new normal uh, as countries start to adopt them due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And compared to other countries, Japan's labor shortage means that there is less concern that the deployment of robots will result in human job losses. Let me know your thoughts. What do you think about going into a convenience store only to find a robot restocking the shelves, picking up items, you know, instead of asking a human employee on where the milk is, what aisle can I find the sweets at? Because this is definitely my favorite aisle. <laughs> You'll go ahead and ask a robot employee instead. And in the age of COVID-19, I think it's going to be bringing us a lot more comfort knowing that we won't have to interact with human beings to do that as well. Let us know your thoughts. Slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio or text us in at 4215. Sadly, Future Talk is coming to an end, but we will be seeing you once again tomorrow. Same time, same place, right here on Pulse95. But we do have to open the airwaves for the only place to be at 3, the halftime show with Omar Ad-Duri. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing a great job today. You're riding Thanks. solo, but still representing. I like it. We do miss our Balqis. He'll be here tomorrow the Balqis soon, hopefully. is always missed, I think. Yeah. I think. But I think you held it down really, really well. I'm glad. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, so how, how um, let me ask you something. When it comes down to, um, when it comes down to body imaging or body, let's say, b- being aware body conscious wise, mm-hmm. does it affect in this part of the world, mm. uh, the difference between a male and a female when it comes to the way they feel in their bodies? Mm, you might have to rephrase that another so, time. Yeah, so basically what I mean by that is, yeah. for example, you know, sometimes we hear about body shaming. Yes. But regardless of whether you have a great physique or not, aesthetically, mm. uh, internally, your immune system might still be down. Mm. Correct? So I'm yeah. talking about that kind of thing today. I'm in, And it's interesting because I, I grew up in Europe, obviously, so mm. our ideas were a bit more different and a bit more open. Over here, it's something that we are actually scared about to talk about. I agree. I definitely agree with you on that one. And going back to your question, I think there's a big difference between how males and females tend to think about body shaming in different aspects as well. So I feel like for males, they might be thinking of it in terms of strength. But Mm. for females, it's more of aesthetics. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, You care to come on the halftime show, three to four? (laughs) I'll tune in. I'll be happy to tune in. 3 to 4 p.m. You have it. Halftime show is going to be gearing up and starting out in just a few moments. So keep Pulse95 locked and we'll see you next time. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.